0: Turn to Hebrews chapter 11, the Holy Spirit was working on a message after the opening of the service this morning about pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall for all Georgia fans in the room, Uh, but we'll, I digress, I'm not going to tell you that while my team was losing yesterday, a Georgia fan was texting me and rubbing it in the entire time, Uh, but we won't talk about that person either because they might be in the room too this morning. Hebrews chapter 11, I don't know about you, but I've enjoyed this sermon series on faith personally. Uh, It has helped me to grow. I have learned a lot through it uh, because a lot of times we uh, read the first couple verses and we're very familiar with Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. You can probably quote them. Uh, And then we're familiar with the first eight verses even, at least myself. Uh, And then once we get past that and we start to get into some of those names of the judges as it went on further in the chapter and uh, not as familiar stories, I, I start to trail off have you ever been there in your Bible reading? Maybe you get to the book of Numbers. You start reading all those names and you go, oh no, here we go. Uh, when you get to the book of Leviticus and these different things, and we, it's harder to understand, but it's amazing when you stop and you take a moment uh, to realize what God is saying. We realize that nothing is in the word of God by accident. Everything is there on purpose and for a reason. Uh, and not just where it is, but why it's there. If God repeats himself, he wasn't stuttering. It's there for a reason. It's amazing to me. Uh, to read through Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to be in the last several verses starting in verse number 35 this week. Hebrews 11:35, 35, and this is not the last message of the series. If you remember several weeks ago, uh, we skipped a couple of verses. How many of you remember that? Okay, don't answer. Just shake your head yes and pretend like you were listening, Okay. Don't make me feel bad. Uh, No, uh, we said we were going to skip a couple verses and come back to them. I have not forgotten about those. Tonight's message will be on those couple of verses. It ties right in with this morning's message. Uh, So we'll be going back to those tonight. But we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 35. Follow along with me as we read the verse 35 through the end of the chapter. Women receive their dead... Raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and soundings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I pray this morning as we look at these last several verses of chapter 11. Lord, that you would just help us to realize that you are always with us, that you'll never leave us, that you'll never forsake us. Lord, we thank you for that promise, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. I want to bring to you a message this morning, uh, faith to overcome, faith to overcome. The Bible doesn't promise that once you get saved that everything's going to be easy, but he, God does promise us that he'll never leave us, that he'll never forsake us, and that we, through faith, can overcome any obstacle in our life. We can overcome anything when trials and hard times come. If you remember the last message that we went over, uh, we talked about the judges and the different people and the things that they went through and what they did. Verse 33, look back with me, Hebrews 11, the Bible says, "...who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, Turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. All these great victories that these people had. And it wasn't that exciting. When I read those verses, I was excited. They won battles. They escaped death. Uh, they had all these miracles happen. Women received their dead to life again. Uh, and then it starts to get a little bit depressing, doesn't it, after that? Look at some of the things the Bible mentions. In the same exact verse, it starts out, Women received their dead, raised to life again. And all of a sudden, it changes. There were people that were tortured, cruel mocking, scourgings, bonds, imprisonments. People were stoned, sawn asunder, slain, wandered about in sheepskins, destitute, afflicted, tormented, uh, wandered in deserts and in caves, the den of the caves. Those are all pretty depressing things, are they not? I don't know about you. I was reading through it this week and I go, that's depressing, uh, but isn't that life sometimes? Aren't there hard times in life in those times when you're on those spiritual highs and you have the victory and God's been good and, and things have happened then all of a sudden the trials start to come in our lives and we start to think, is God still good? Does he still love me? Does he still care about me? And can I promise you that God does love you? He does care about you uh, and he wants your life to, to make a sweet melody for him. A sweet melody for him. And sometimes we don't understand why we go through things. There's a couple reasons. You could look at these verses and go, well, these people uh, that didn't have the victory of God, they must have been people who didn't have faith and people who had sinned, had these great sins in their lives. And that's why they were scourged, put in prison, stoned, sawn asunder. Uh, That's why all these terrible things happened to them. But that's not what it is. Look at verse 39. What does the Bible say about them? And these all having obtained a good report through faith. They were doing everything right. They had faith. Uh, Have you ever been there before? Uh, I'll never forget. uh, And see, hearing people say things like this. Well, Pastor Wagner's going through all these heart issues. He must have some sin in his life that he's got to be taken care of. You ever heard people say something like that? That is not the case all the time, okay? Now, does God use hard, difficult things in our life to chasten us as his children? Yes, he does. But you know, sometimes God puts things in our life to help draw us closer to him, to help us learn something. You know, there'll be people that Pastor Wagner will be able to minister to uh, after all that he's been through that I would never be able to because I can't understand uh, having to face a surgery on your heart. That's a scary thing. And many of you in this room have been there before and you've been able to minister to Pastor Wagner in ways that I never could. All right, God uses things to draw us closer to Him, to help us be able to help other people. Uh, So let me tell you, these people in the Bible had terrible things happen to them. You're going to have terrible things happen to you. You're going to see terrible things happen to people in our church. Isn't this such an encouraging message? Aren't you excited this morning? Terrible things are going to happen to you. (laughs) I know, I was just as excited, but it was the next message to preach, okay? Uh, God has a reason for it this morning. But can I tell you, don't immediately jump to the conclusion, well, they must have some sin in their life, because these people didn't. These people lived a life of faith. These people trusted God, yet still they were brought to these impossible situations. I used to teach in a Christian school. I was the fine arts director in the school, and I decided after five, almost five years that teaching music in a school was not for me. I loved the violin, Uh, But it still brings up some stressful moments when I pull out this violin. Uh, One of the most stressful things uh, is having to tune. I taught fourth grade intro to strings. I had one cello and 15 violins. How many of you have ever heard a beginner violin player? (laughs) It is terrible. Terrible. The violin's a beautiful instrument. I love to hear it played well. Uh, But those fourth graders, before class, every day, I would take an Excedrin because I knew I would walk out of that class with a migraine. (laughs) And that's serious. I really did take Excedrin before I walked in. I had a 45-minute class period. The first 20 minutes of that class period were spent trying to tune 16-stringed instruments. Uh, And can I tell you, if there is one string out of tune on an instrument, it sounds terrible. Uh, If you've ever been to a beginner violin concert, uh, they tune right beforehand, but without fail, uh, I swear some of the students, as soon as I would turn these tuning pegs and I would get it in tune, I would walk away and they would just turn every one of the pegs because they'd go to play and it sounded terrible. Uh, can I tell you, me as a director, I had a, I had a purpose. I wanted them to sound good. I wanted them to learn to play the violin and learn to play it well, uh, but when they didn't, uh, when, they, when their violin was out of tune, it sounded bad. Can I tell you, when our life is out of tune with God, it will sound bad. And God uses these trials sometimes to fine-tune our lives, to help draw us closer to Him. Uh, I tell you, one of the other things that I dreaded about class, uh, and this is, I apologize, I've got my, (laughs) somehow from walking to that side of the platform to that side, I haven't left the platform, I lost my wood bow. Um, And so it is up here somewhere, don't step on it, Teresa, if you find it this week. (laughs) This is my lightsaber bow, it is green, okay? It is green and silver, you're not going crazy. Uh, But my students, a lot of times, would think that all their bows were lightsabers. And they would have sword fights as soon as I would turn my back in class. And can I tell you how many broken violin bows I had (laughs) and built, because they borrowed the instruments from the school, okay, so I'm responsible for them. And notes I had to send home to their parents and go, you owe me $85 for a new bow because they thought they were uh, sword fighting or having a lightsaber battle. Uh, But everything matters with the violin. Uh, I love the piano because I can just sit down and I can play. I don't tune the piano when I sit down and play. It is just there and it's beautiful and fun to play. The violin, I have to take time, tune the instrument, put rosin on the bow. It takes all this preparation. And can I tell you, a lot of times in our life with God, uh, we like that instant where we can sit down and everything just starts going well and everything's good. But a lot of times it takes that fine tuning and the preparing us for what lies ahead because we don't know what tomorrow holds. Uh, I saw yesterday on Facebook a good theme for 2021 for all churches. What was our theme this year? You had to do it because it's 2020, 2020 vision. And how many of us could have seen what 2020 would bring? Pastor and I, when we were sitting and talking about the theme last year, didn't go, it's going to be a year where we're going to have a pandemic and we're going to have to close things and cancel all our trips. That's not what we thought. Uh, So we thought a good, uh, I heard yesterday a good theme for 2021 will be hindsight is 2020. But we have all these things. And can I tell you that even through the difficult times that God has been good to Bible Baptist Church, I look back at the faithfulness of God's people, the faithfulness even when we couldn't be here, the faithfulness to give, the faithfulness to come and to attend and to to be involved even when we were just online or in the parking lot having services. Can I tell you that God's going to use 2020 in a mighty way for our future? And I don't know what that holds. Do I know what 2021 holds? It scares me sometimes not to think about what 2021 will hold. But can I tell you through it all that God is good and He's preparing us and He's tuning our lives. And we've got to trust Him as the composer, as the director of our lives to tune us and to allow Him to do those things uh, even when it is difficult. You know, God will bless all of those. Trust in Him. So we read through this list. Women received their dead to life again. Others were tortured. And then you skip down to verse 38. It says, "...of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts, in mountains, and in dens, and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us than they without us." should be, not be made perfect. And you look at these people the Old Testament, and it amazes me the faith that they had to have. They were looking forward that Jesus Christ was going to come again, that the Savior was going to come and die on the cross, sacrifice to be the perfect lamb that was slain. And they had to have that forward-looking faith. We as Christians today uh, in modern America have the benefit of history. We can look back, and you don't, just in the Bible, okay, we have the Bible, yes, but you can look back through historical, uh, people who wrote historical books and read about the Messiah. You can read historical fact today and know that Jesus Christ came, he died on the cross for our sins, and then three days later, he rose again. We can look back and we have that concrete thing to put our faith in. What was their faith? Their faith was looking forward. It was that faith not seen. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. They were hoping for that day the Messiah came. They were expecting Him to come, uh, and they had seen evidences. They could look back at creation, just like we can look back at creation and know this world had to come from somewhere uh, besides a Big Bang. They could look back at creations, as Romans 1 says, and see the Creator in the beauty of the earth. But we can look back at the creation. We can look back at our Savior who came and died on the cross for our sins and know that if He was willing to send His only begotten Son to die on the cross for our sins, don't you think He's willing to be with us now? That if you put your faith and trust in Him, that He loves you, that He cares about you, that no matter what we're going through, if you have faith in Him, He will help you through it. Keep your fingers here in Hebrews chapter 11 and turn back with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, just a few books back. Verse 17 and 18 For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. What does he say here in the book of Second Corinthians? He says, this light affliction that we are going through here on this earth is nothing compared to the glory that we'll be able to see in heaven one day. I tell you, that's the message tonight, when your faith shall be made sight. And one day, your faith, if you are here and you're faithful to Christ, your faith will be made sight, and you'll be able to step on heaven's shore, and your faith that you've had all your life will become real because you'll be able to look at your Savior face to face and worship at His feet. And what a great blessing that is. So let me encourage you, if you leave this morning depressed, don't. God is good. Listen tonight, it's all about heaven, okay? Uh, but God is good, and our faith will be made sight, and our light afflictions of this world uh, will be nothing. They're just for a moment. And it worketh for us far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. If you've ever been through surgery in here today, it is no fun. Is it fun recovering from surgery, Pastor? No. It is painful. Nobody in here would, I don't think anybody would say, I just want to go have surgery for the fun of it. Uh, no, why do we have surgery? Because it's necessary, okay? It is necessary to fix something. It is necessary to make us feel better. And so we go through that temporary pain and that temporary discomfort and the healing process afterwards so that we can be made better in the end. Can I tell you, that's our Christian life today is we are going, if you're going through a difficult time, it, it is temporary. And it, you, it will come out the other side of it. God will be with you uh, and it will make you into a better person. Nobody in here, I don't think, would say, I want to go through all the trials that I can. Uh, I want to, re- I, we're supposed to rejoice in the hard times, but you go, God, just bring out all the hard times you can, everything that can go wrong, let it go wrong. Has anybody in here prayed that? I don't pray that. Enough stuff goes wrong as it is without me praying that, okay? <laughs> we don't need anything more. Uh, matter of fact, if you listen to the Sunday school lesson yesterday, uh, you realize that only 16 minutes of it actually uploaded to Facebook. The rest of it, for some reason, didn't. Uh, it is fixed now, so if you didn't have it all yesterday, it is up there now. Uh, thank you, Tamara. <laughs> she texts me. She goes, why is the Sunday school lesson only 16 minutes? I went, really? Uh, I love technology, usually. Uh, but God is still good. I don't need to pray for hard things to happen, because hard things will happen, okay? Uh, but we've got to realize that it's just temporary. And we look not at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, But the things which are not seen are eternal. We're laying up treasures in heaven. The things on this earth will one day vanish. And I think as Christians, at least myself, uh, sometimes I can get so focused on what we have here and the things that go wrong in our life and the earthly possessions. When your car breaks down, when your house floods, when everything's just going wrong, when the computer doesn't work, and we get so focused on those and we forget. I can tell you last night, I forgot that those things are all just temporal. They're all going to vanish away one day. What's the most important thing? God's Word, having faith in Him and realizing that He's in control of everything. But I get so lost and so distracted by the things of this world. What does the the song say? Uh, Look full in His wonderful face. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim and the light of His glory and grace. And that's where we need to keep our focus, because if we don't, we'll we'll get discouraged, we'll get downtrodden because uh, things will happen around us but we need to keep our focus on Christ and Christ alone and realize these things that are happening, they're just for a time uh, but God will, when we get to heaven, we'll be made new and we're laying up treasures in heaven. Up on the screen, you'll see uh, the Wesco family. It's a prayer card. How many of you have heard of the Wesco family before? We Two years ago, 2018, we as a church... Prayed for the West Coast family. October 30th, 2018. Uh, October 15th, around the middle of the month, the West Coast family for two years had been on deputation to go to Cameroon, West Africa. Uh, you see, they have eight children, uh, and then the mom and dad, uh, the West Coast, and they were on deputation two years, raising support, great Christian couple, uh, and they went to Cameroon, West Africa. Can you imagine that exciting time as a missionary? Two years of your life, probably years before that, praying and preparing and they finally get to the mission field. They were getting settled in, uh, and two weeks after they arrived, they were driving into town. Uh, Mr. Westco, Miss Stephanie Westco, uh, and one of their sons were driving into town with a veteran missionary uh, to be able to go pick up some stuff they needed for their home. Been in Cameroon, two weeks, there's some civil unrest in Cameroon, and while they were on the way, somebody targeted Mr. Westco, shot him twice, and he passed away after being on the mission field for two weeks. Left a wife, eight children. And I remember in 2018, looking back at that, and we prayed for them as a church and thinking, God, why? Why did you allow this to happen? Here's a person who loves you, who went to the mission field, left family, left, left everything behind they had in the United States, and took his family across to the opposite side of the world. In two weeks, you let him be there on the mission field, and then you took him home to glory. Why? It's been amazing to me to watch Stephanie Wesco these last couple years. If you're on Facebook, you can go to her uh, Facebook page. It's praying for Stephanie Westco. She posts, posts updates there, uh, and she has been able to reach out to hundreds of thousands of people because of their story, because of Christ take, God taking her husband home to glory. Instead of getting discouraged, instead of getting, saying, God, if that's how you are, I quit because I don't want any of this. You've left me with eight children, and in an earthly mindset, would that not be expected to have that thought, to say, God, why? why would you do this? But she realized that God has a plan in it all. And was it easy for her? No, it's still not easy, I'm sure, to this day. She takes care of eight children by herself, but God has a plan in it all. Uh, And you can go on there and you can read updates that she's done and, and ladies' conferences that she's been able to speak in. And God has used that trial in her life, that light affliction. And we wouldn't call that a light affliction, but in the realm of glory, her husband's in heaven. He's in no more pain. One day she'll be reunited with him and I'm thankful for that promise of heaven. But in her affliction, she realizes that it's just temporary and she's laying up for herself treasures in heaven. I can't imagine going through what they went through. I can't imagine what she goes through every single day, but can I tell you that she realizes that through faith, God can help her to overcome anything. You can have the faith to overcome whatever trials come in your life. Turn with me back to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, give you just a second to turn back there. Verse number 40, the Bible says, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. But then we can't really stop there. Because if you look at Hebrews chapter 12, it's verses we're all familiar with, but a lot of times we forget what Hebrews 11 has talked about. That first word of Hebrews 12 says, wherefore. So it's just a continuation of what's happened in Hebrews chapter 11. Because of what's happened in Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says, wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Well, who are the cloud of witnesses? Look back with me, Hebrews 11. We've talked about Abel. We've talked about Enoch. We've talked about Noah. We've talked about Abraham. We've talked about Sarah. Uh, and you can go down through. We've talked about Jacob. Uh, we've talked about the different judges. We've talked about all these different people that had faith in their life. But wherefore, we seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Can I tell you, because of the examples that you have in the Bible, the example of great people of faith that we talked about, great missionaries, uh, we talked about Nate Saint, we talked about the Wesco family, uh, great people that you can look at, can I tell you that there is a cloud of witnesses in heaven that are just waiting for us? Because we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. There's people that have finished their race, uh, and they have their faith has become sight, as we'll talk about tonight. But can I tell you, because of that, finish strong. Don't quit. It's so, that's the easy way out, isn't it, just to quit and give up? Would it have been easy for Stephanie Westcoe to say, I'm done? Uh, Listen, I'm not serving God anymore with my life. I tried that path and he took my husband away from me. I'm done with this. I quit. That's the easy way out. But can I tell you, if you remain faithful and continue to run the race that God has set before you, uh, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Not only do we need to run the race, but we need to lay aside every weight. We have some things in our life, they're not necessarily wrong, they're not necessarily sin, but they're things that we need to get rid of in our life that distract us from God. What are some things that distract you in our life? There's been many times uh, that my phone has been a distraction from the things of God. I've decided I can't read, I've got a Bible app on my phone, I like my Bible app on my phone, but I cannot have my devotions through my Bible app on my phone. You know why? Because that notification pops up, and all of a sudden, I'm in a text message. That person asks me a question, then I'm going over here and doing this, and all of a sudden, I've been distracted from the things of God. Our cell phone's wrong. I'm thankful for my cell phone. Uh, I'm thankful to have it and the things that it helps me to do, but a lot of times, it can become a distraction. Uh, Social media can become a distraction. There's, many, uh, there's a good book out there. It's not written by a uh, Christian, but it's written by a businessman uh, about the distractions that we have in our life and just on our cell phone. Uh, and so about four years ago, the pastor of our church in Charlotte uh, gave a challenge to all the teachers to read the book uh, and to turn off all notifications on their phone. So I have done that. Some have started to pop back up and I need to go back through and do it again. But it was amazing to me to turn off the Facebook notifications, the the email notifications, and to take control of that in your life. Because how many of you get lots of emails? Can I tell you, I went through my email inbox yesterday. I get a lot of junk mail in my email. I have 286 emails sitting on my phone right now waiting to be gone through. And it's all junk. I don't care about any of it. I just need to delete it. And I had zero yesterday. It's not like I've let it set for a long time. But how easy is it every time one of those 286 notifications pop up? And they're smart. Those people, they know how to get your attention and how to get you into their app and to use it so that they can make money. You don't believe me, you go watch a documentary. I watched a documentary on it this week. And how smart they are and to get you hooked and to get you scrolling through Facebook. You know, the average person scrolls two miles of Facebook newsfeed on their phone every day. Two miles of this. So let me ask you, is anything wrong with social media? No, social media can be used for so much good. Matter of fact, I'm sure there's people on Facebook right now watching this live stream. I'm not saying that it's wrong, but I'm saying that it can be if it starts to distract us from the things of God. If it becomes a weight that our Christian life is suffering, that our Bible study is suffering because of social media, because of our phones, because of things that aren't necessarily wrong, we can get distracted from the things of God. Lay aside every weight and also the sin which does so easily beset us. If we have sin, obviously you know we need to get rid of sin, okay? If you've got sin in your life, get rid of it. Do it today. Don't delay any longer. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. That's probably one of the hardest parts for me, to run with patience. Because when things start to happen, uh, things start to go wrong, all of a sudden I start getting antsy. I start going, God, why is this happening? What are you doing? What's going on? Why is this happening to me? And I get distracted and I start to wonder when God just wants me to be patient and realize that he's refining me and that he's using this in my life. So let me ask you a question. What are you going through that's made you want to quit? Don't quit. Run with patience. The race that is set before us. Not the race that you desire, not the path that you wish God was having you go down, not the way you wish your life was, but the life that God has given to you. Run with patience. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And that goes right back to what we were talking about in chapter 11. Look to Jesus, not to anyone else, not to this world, not to the news media. Can I tell you, I'm thankful that our salvation doesn't come from a politician. No matter who wins election, November, God is still on the throne. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Can I tell you, and it's not going to catch God by surprise who wins. He already knows who's going to win. Don't you wish you had that insight I just would love that kind of insight, but then a lot of times it would probably scare me too, knowing what's coming down the pike. But can I tell you, it doesn't lay in a politician, it doesn't lay in our bank account, it doesn't lay in anything but God. And so we need to look to Jesus, who is the author of our faith. He's the author. And he gave us his word to learn all about him, to learn about his simple plan of salvation to learn about how good he is and how we can have faith to him. He's the author of our faith. He's the author to say that there had to be a perfect blood sacrifice. A lamb had to be slain. But not only did he say that, but he also is the finisher of our faith. He came and died on the cross so that you and I could go to heaven one day. And so he wrote our faith and then he finished it on the cross. He didn't leave it open-ended and leave it where we had to do something. We, by faith, just have to trust in him. There's no works that have to be done like other religions. Uh, you don't have to go on some trek to some uh, foreign country and crawl up a mountain on your knees and do anything. Matter of fact, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. None of us can boast in here. Because not a single person in this room deserves heaven. I don't deserve heaven. All my righteousness, all the good things I've done are as filthy rags, the Bible says. But God, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He humbled himself to become a servant. Humbled himself even to the the humiliation of dying on a cross, of being scourged, of having his beard ripped out uh, and embarrassed in front of all those people uh, and crucified, killed for nothing that he did but for what you and I have done. He humbled himself even unto the death of the cross. Can I tell you, these people in the Bible that we've read about, these people that we've looked at from modern day, they had faith and they had faith because they kept their eyes looking to Jesus. They realized that Jesus was the only answer. Anything else, and they would get discouraged, and they would quit. So let me encourage you today with this. You are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. You've got a God in heaven who loves you, who isn't there to torture you. He's there to encourage you. He wants you to finish. He wants you to finish strong. Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. But I pray that you would help us Uh, Even in difficult times, like are mentioned in the end of Hebrews 11, that you would help us to continue, just as those in the Bible that we have looked at have, Lord, that we wouldn't quit, but that we would stay strong and that we would look to you, the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, we thank you and praise you for what you're going to do. and pray all these things in Jesus' name.